I am so excited, and these words are not uh, just words that I'm saying. I am so excited to be able to share with you today um, <laughs> about a, one of my favorite things uh, that are spiritual things uh, about praise and worship. It is one of my favorite things. Um, uh, when Mark has asked me to pe- preach before, my first thing would be go to him, God, can I teach you about praise, please? And he'd say, no, I want you to do this. I'm like, okay, I will do that. And I do it willingly and with lots of joy. But today, when he asked me to preach about a month ago, he asked me if uh, I asked God, God, can I, pray? can I preach on praise? And he said yes. And I'm like, yes. I did a little dance. Yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> so um, just to give you a little background from me, uh, praise has been a huge part of my life since I was a little girl. Um, when I was a toddler, um, my mom, we lived up in the mountains. She still lives there outside of Denver. And we, she would take me outside and sit me under a tree, you know, big pine trees, and just to be out in the sun, toddler. And she said I would sing to somebody who was there, but she couldn't see that person. And she believed that I was singing to Jesus. And I believe that too. And then as a teenager, as I got older, uh, another experience, huge experience with praise and worship happened in my life. My father was part of Full Gospel Businessmen's Association, and he led a group up in Evergreen. And he went to a conference in Phoenix. And I tagged along with him. I was the last child, so... I tagged along with my parents, and I remember being in the back of the big, huge uh, banquet hall. It was a big, huge banquet hall at a hotel, and I was in the very back trying my best to be a teenager, right? (laughs) Not being involved. (laughs) But as the worship was happening, it was stirring within me that I wanted to worship him. I felt like I needed to respond to the things that I'd been hearing about him, you know, over this this weekend. And, you know, there's a the little devil on one side, I wanted to raise my hands and praise him. And, um, I, I, and the devil was saying, oh, you look crazy. Nobody does that. We don't do that. You know, people are going to say things. You're weird. You're doing weird things, right? And, but God spoke into my spirit. He says, I dare you. I dare you. It, it just might change you. And so <laughs> this, I started, okay, God, that's all you have to tell to me. I'm a little bit competitive. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> so I, I said, okay, I, okay, I'll take you. <laughs> so I started to raise my hands. And before long, it was like this, with tears running down my eyes and worshiping God and praising him. It changed my life forever. It changed my walk with God forever. And it has been a part of my walk ever since then. And I'm a little older now. <laughs> so um, I want to talk to you today obviously about praise and how important it is in our life. Um, Praise, when you break it all down to it, music, praise, worship, is sound, right? It's just sound that comes out of us. And so let's talk, I'm going to give you a little quick science lesson. (laughs) I'm not a scientist, but I learned a little bit of stuff here, guys. Uh, So praise actually needs to come out of us. It can't be silent. You know, that's one thing... The devil would say to me at that time, he says, you can just praise him quietly, right? You don't need to say anything. You can just do it in your heart. No, you can't. <laughs> you have to make it come out of you. Uh, and it, it's very powerful at that point. Um, 
Let me get to the right page here, guys. So praise, when it's fully, uh, when it's voiced, is very effective. Praise is actually sound, which we talked about. Sound is waves that is measured in frequencies, and it's waves that go like this, and there's different levels of it and everything. And everything in the world, this stand right here, vibrates at a frequency. This piece of wood vibrates at a certain frequency. They're all different. Um, And so you know when the lady sings, the big operatic, operatic singer sings and hits a certain note, and the glass that's sitting here, the wine glass or whatever, breaks. Thanks to my son Daniel, he explained to me what, the ha- what happened. He said what happens is the singer sings at the same frequency that this glass is at, because everything has its own frequency, so it matches that frequency, and the power that's in that sound wave exponentiates. It just goes, and it breaks that, that glass. That's why, it gl- that's why it breaks. There are scientific things behind that. So that's how that happens. So sound can be very powerful. So scientists have also discovered that if you take the smallest known atom and you break it in half, guess what's inside? A sound wave. So that's why when Jesus said in Luke 19.40 that the rocks will cry out. If you don't praise me, the actual rocks will cry out. So it has a sound wave in it, so, well, that makes sense, doesn't it, now? Pretty awesome. Scientists have also discovered that in black holes, that there's music coming out of black holes. There's sound coming out of black holes. Wow, that's pretty cool, isn't it? (laughs) And music notes, when we're playing music up here, they vibrate also at a a certain uh, cycle per second. And those waves go out into the environment, so they come out of the instruments and out of our voices into the environment around it, and it can change things. So it can change your blood pressure. It can change the temperature on your skin. It can relax your muscles or tense, make your muscles tense. Uh, it can do a lot of things. So that's kind of cool too, huh? Uh, so all sounds have power. So you can either, it can either be positive or negative. It can be destructive or it can be positive, right? So let's look at, I have a slide to show you here. Uh, This is a slide from Dr. Masaru Emoto. He was a Japanese researcher who did experiments on water molecules. And what he did is he took glasses of water, exposed them to different things, different sayings, different music, different kinds of things, and then he would put it under a microscope and take a picture of it. And this is what he would see. So let's just take a couple. I love you. Look how beautiful that is. I think the angel's pretty cool too, though, isn't it? It's a halo. <laughs> I think it's awesome. <laughs> but look at, you make me sick, what it does to the water. And I think these are my favorite over here. Polluted water, uh, it's kind of weird looking, right? But after prayer, polluted water, af- or before prayer, and then after prayer. Wow. I mean, you could just sit there for a minute and say the words that I say, the things that I do that come out of me, the sound that I make that comes out of me does this. And what Andy spoke about a couple weeks ago, having a positive attitude and saying things that are positive, um, 
this is really proof of it. And our bodies are 70, what are they, 70% water? So when we're saying things that are negative, what does that do to us? What does it do to our bodies, our health, the things we think, right? Wow. So we're going to talk about now the power of praise and what comes out of our mouth, and it needs to be mostly praise, right, guys? There's, I think there's more to praise than we understand. I don't think we ever touch Maybe certain times in our life we get to that point where we understand the power of it and what it can do. But I think God, in this day and age, we really need to understand it, okay? Because it does a bunch of things for us. Um, it, it's not, so those of us who are musical, we kind of understand it a little bit. Because uh, when we're up here doing what we do, there's sometimes physical changes that happens in the atmosphere up here it changes and it's sometimes we want it to go out there <laughs> so you can feel it because it's it's so amazing right and we're just not the opening act <laughs> we're not the warm-up group uh for mark even though he's awesome and he's the headliner right <laughs> but there's a purpose we're here there's a purpose the worship team is here it's just not to make music for you it's for something even greater. It's to prepare our hearts for us to focus on God, to prepare our own hearts so that we might enter into his presence, so that we can get what God has for us that day. Because it's different every day, every Sunday when we come here, right? God has a different plan. He wants to do something great and meaningful in your life. It's, and so this part is just not for fun. It's really important. So there's three things. I, there, this is not an exhaustive list that I'm going to go through. It's kind of uh, the things I felt like God wanted to share today about the power of praise and that there's really power behind it. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about is praise gets us into the presence of God. Number two is praise changes us. And number three is praise defeats the enemy. So we're going to talk about praise gets us into the presence of God. So we're going to bring up uh, Psalm 104. Everybody knows this verse. You can probably quote it to me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Right? There's a reason those words are in there. Uh, gates and courts. So the tabernacle, that's where, Jesus, that's where the presence of God dwelt for the Jews and Israelites when they were crossing the desert and all the things they were doing. And in that court, there's specific how they made it. Uh, the court, you entered the gate uh, of the tabernacle, then you came to the outer court. And that is where you offered your sacrifice. The, you brought your animal, they sacrificed the animal, the priest took that um, blood, uh, they took the animal outside of the city after it was dead, and they burned it. And they took the blood, and the priest took it, proceeded to take it into the holy place, which was the next, there you have the outer courts, to the holy place. And then he would walk in to the holy of holies. And that's where he would offer the atonement for the sin of Israel, right? He would offer, he would take the blood and offer it on, on the altar, okay? Um, I believe we still do that today. We don't actually have to do the sacrifice because Jesus was our sacrifice, Right? Jesus was the full and complete sacrifice and atonement for our sin. And he, uh, when he gave his life, um, it was actually outside the city of Jerusalem. I thought that was interesting. 
But what happened in the temple at the holy pla- at the mo- at the holy of holies? Guess what happened? The huge curtain that was there, the veil that kept the presence in the holy of holies, God's presence was kept there because we couldn't stand in front of it. It would kill us. That's what happened with the priest, right? That's why he wore a little bell on his cloak because if he happened to do something wrong, he would die. <laughs> And they'd have to pull them out when the bell quit ringing. Oops. <laughs> so um, Jesus, our full sacrifice for our sins. And the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. This veil was 60 feet wide, 30 feet, or 60 feet high, 30 feet wide, and 4 inches thick. That was big. But it ripped from the top to the bottom. So now God's presence is no longer stuck there, right? Guess where it's at? <laughs> It's with us. It's within us. It's around us. And it's everywhere with us. It's so cool. Um, so it brings. So when we enter our enter the courts with pray, enter the courts with thanksgiving, and enter his courts with praise. That's how we get into his presence. And praise is taking our eyes off our own self, right? Focusing it on our God. And we're in his presence, right? Because Jesus is with us all the time. The Holy Spirit's with us. God is with us all the time. We're the ones who have to get there. We're the ones who are sticking out here and not wanting to go in. So praise is our key. Praise is our entrance into his presence. So cool. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22.3 says he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we're up here singing, he's here. He's here. And all we have to do is walk in. Walk in. So number two, praise changes us. Praise changes us. When we're in his presence, that changes us, right? Um, I'm going to talk a little bit to the young people here because we kind of live in a selfie world where we take pictures of ourselves all the time. Here I am eating dinner. (laughs) Here I am at the zoo, right? We take pictures and we see, you know, we look at ourselves, which is all fine and good. It's fun. But... He wants us to turn the camera around and look at him. He wants us to say, take out of my situation the things that I'm dealing with, my battles, and look at him and who, how, who he is and how great he is. Um, it turns our focus away. And it changes. It, has, it starts in our mind. I think, I think praise and worship is about our soul. Our mind, will, and our emotions, right? It takes our mind to stop thinking about all the bad things. When I spoke to the women's group, I was talking about consider the lilies of the field and how we need to actually take our eyes off of the things and put it on God. Because all these things are happening to us. Yes, they are. I'm not negating that. And they're hard. Sometimes they hurt. Sometimes they're really difficult to get through. (laughs) But God, (laughs) but God we focus on him. He's greater than anything we face, right? So in Colossians 3, 2, it says, set your minds on the things above, not on the things on the earth, right? So um, it takes a little bit of time sometimes to do that. That's why when we lead worship here, we want you to kind of get in and focus in on what God's doing, how great he is, how awesome he is. Take your mind off of what's happening around you. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 145.3. It says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. 
His greatness is unsearchable. We'll never, ever get to the end. If we turn that camera around and start taking pictures of God and what he is and what he's done for us and how faithful he is to us, we'll never get to the end. It's unsearchable. We can't get to the end of how great our God is and all the things he's done for us, all the things. So that's our mind. We have to use our mind. And then our will. We actually have to, I thought Kara was preaching last week, um, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I love that scripture too. <laughs> because sometimes we have to actually change our, our will. We have to command our soul. We have to command, take control, tell him I'm boss here. We are going to bless the Lord, period. That's what we're going to do. Sorry, that's what we're doing today. Um, so bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Not just a little bit of me, but everything within me. And do not forget his benefits. Think about what those are. Carol did really good going through all those benefits that he lists, David lists in Psalm 103. All those benefits that we have because we follow our God, right? Um, As we focus on his greatness, right? It changes. We humble ourselves, right? That's changing our will. It's humbling ourselves, saying, God, I cannot do everything to free myself, to make myself whole. I need you. I need you, Jesus. Right? And finally, he gets to our emotions, right? <laughs> when we start to focus on everything that our God is, and we lay down our will, and we say, okay, God, it's all about you, guess what he does? He gives us joy and peace. In his presence, Psalm 16, 11, in his presence is fullness of joy. Wow. Not just a little bit, not 10%, not even 95%, but the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. Not just a teeny, teeny bit. <laughs> he gives us the fullness of joy. And so being in his presence, by entering in with praise, we're refueled by joy. And strengthened by his peace. Are we not? So number three. Praise defeats the enemy. This is where I want to spend most of my time because this is what God has been sharing with me probably for about a year now. And um, he's bringing things in my life. (laughs) Trying to say, okay, do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Do you understand? Like, okay. Yeah, I guess I'm trying. (laughs) But he defeats the enemy through our praise. The times we're living in right now, it's kind of crazy, right? Kind of harrowing. There's lots of things happening in the world. Um, It seems, from some perspective, that the devil is winning everywhere. I mean, isn't he? Is he winning in politics? He's winning in economics. He's winning in everywhere, right? And we sometimes feel defeated, right? And exhausted and tired of the fight. We're weary. We're tired. But God has given us a tool that we don't, that's pretty simple for us to do. (laughs) Not difficult. Um, And it's praise. So we're going to look at some scriptures. This is where I want to spend some time here in uh, 2 Chronicles 20, going back to 2 Chronicles. This is the story of Jehoshaphat. I'm sure you've heard the story before. Um, 
the chapter begins, excuse me, with Jehoshaphat being told that there are three enemy armies coming after him and, and Israel. They're coming. They're coming. In fact, they've come together to go defeat them. Uh, the first thing he did was he actually asked God for help. <laughs> he says, God, I need help. What am I going to do? And then he assembled all the people of Judah all together, even the women and the children. I think that's important too. The children were there too. Children, ha- ch- children can praise. Sometimes they pray be- praise better than us because they have no inhibitions that we've, that we've grown and carried all our life, right? Yeah, <laughs> we carry a lot. When you get to my age, you carry a lot. <laughs> but children don't have that. So I love it when we're worshiping and the little kids are up here dancing and jumping up and down because it's so exciting. Um, so he assembled all the people and Jehoshaphat started by praising God, declaring his greatness. So he even did it here. He says, I'm declaring your greatness. God, you are so awesome. You have done so many great things, so many great things. And then he goes in kind of verse 10 and 12, he finally says, okay, God, I need your help. We need your help. We don't know what to do. So in verse 12, it says, for we have no, this is what he says at the very end, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. We have no power. Nor do, nor do you know, nor do we know what to do. We don't know what to do. There's three armies coming after us. We're pretty scared, right? But our eyes are upon you. They've taken the camera, turned it around. Here's my thing. This is what I'm, what's happening to us. These armies are coming after us. We understand you're great. We're awesome, God. But our eyes are on you. We're going to turn and show and look at you. So we're going to pick up in, uh, after that, uh, the son of Zechariah, his name was Jehaziel. I'm going to mess up all those names. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Began to prophesy, and that's where we're going to start in verse 15. We're going to re- read a big chunk of this. And this is Jeh- Jehaziel. He said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed, because this great multitude, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. So he even told them where to go. This is where they're going to be. They're going to be right there. So I want you to go there. You will, this is cool scripture, you will not need to fight in this battle. You will not need to fight in this battle. Can you imagine what they were thinking at the time? What are we going to do? We're just going to go look at them? What are we going to (laughs) do? That's kind of funny. Uh, Position yourselves. That's what he tells them to do. This is exactly what he tells them to do. Position yourselves. Get in a position. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head, bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord, even the women and the children. They were on their face before God, which is another form of praise. 
Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites <laughs> stood to praise the Lord of Israel with the voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. Basically, he's saying, believe Jehoshaphat, whatever his name is, <laughs> Jehaziel. Believe him, because he spoke prophetically, right? And you shall prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army. And this is what they said. Praise the Lord, for his mercies endure forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercies endure forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercies endure forever. Praise the Lord, for the mer- his mercies endure forever. And they said that, and they said it, and they worshiped, and they sang. They sang before God. They worshiped their God. They praised their God. And what happened? As, now as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the people of Mount Seir. And what happened is (laughs) the Ammonites and the Moabites went against the Mount Seir and killed them all. And then they started killing themselves, shooting, killing one another. So even before Jehoshaphat got there, so it says here, right here. So when Judah Judah came to the, when the army of Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they, they weren't even there yet. They looked toward the multitude, and there were the dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. So while they're going, they're praising. And what was God doing at that time? He was winning the battle and fighting their battle. They didn't even have to be there. So their praise was, God, God did a cool thing, didn't he? All they did was praise on their way. And when they got there, it was done. Wow. Wow. Boy, we need to know how to do that. <laughs> right? So how many battles do we fight that are not ours to fight? How many battles do we say we're going to fight and God, you're not going to do anything? I, it's my job. I'm going to do it. It's my job to fight this. No. It's God's job. He is there to help you and fight for you. Wow. Wow, sometimes I can't even believe it, you know? That's pretty cool. So we're going to talk a little, just really quickly, I'm going to talk about Joshua. We know that when Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, right? We know that song? (laughs) Same thing. Joshua, I think the significant in this story, this was the first battle that Joshua had to fight in the promised land. It's the first city they took. And what did, Jesus, what did God say for them to do? He says, I want you to go march around the city every day for six days. And I want you to be quiet. don't want you to say a word. So, what, uh, you know, were they thinking about God and how great he is? Maybe. I don't know. But on the seventh day, I want, you're going to walk around again. The trumpets are going to sound. And then I want you to shout. Shout as loud as you can. And what happened? The walls came tumbling down, right, in the song. So, same thing. God did it. 
God did, fought their battle. They went in and took the city. They went in and took the city. Their very first battle. So sometimes I think that needs to be our first response when we, fa- when we face a battle in our life. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. It's the first thing I'm going to pick up. I'm going to praise, focus my intention upon him, focus my mind on him, lay down my own will, and, and actually worship him and praise him. And then we talk about Paul and Silas, right? That's another good story about this. And I know Andy and both Kara talked about it in the last month, which is kind of cool. Um, the thing I think is significant here we need to focus on. Uh, in the first two I, things we talked about, um, Jehoshaphat went and asked what God to do, and God told him what to do, right? I want you to praise. Second one, Joshua did the same thing. What should I do? He says, I want you to praise. God gave him the actual instruction of what to do and showed us how praise is very powerful. Paul and Silas's reaction when they faced a pretty harrowing thing, right? They were put in prison. Their first thing they did, it was their reaction to their predicament. They actually started praising God. <laughs> that was their first thing they did, is they started praising God. And what happened? The chains broke off of them. There was an earthquake. And not just the chains, their chains just didn't break, but everybody's around them did too. So how much does our praise affect the people around us? Right? How does it affect our family? If we spend 10 minutes in the morning praising our God, focusing on his greatness, how much does it affect the the family dynamic in our house? How much does it affect our, our work before we're in the car driving to the work, driving to work and we put praise on and we praise our God, we focus our intention upon God and his greatness? What would that do to change the atmosphere of our company that we work in? Wow. Wow. Can it? Maybe so. <laughs> so I want, to, I, want you to, I want to read this uh, quote from Smith Wigglesworth. He was a British preacher, great man of God. Great things he did for God. Raised people from the dead. Uh, was a pretty cool guy. Um, this is a pretty, I'm going to say it really slow, slow down a little bit here, and listen, I want you to listen to these words that he says about praise. The new man created in Christ, in God, is God's masterpiece. His poem set to music, a song, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. That's what our lives are. Praise is God's sunlight in the heart. It destroys sin's germs. It ripens the fruit of the spirit. It's the oil of gladness that lubricates life's activities. There can be no holy life without it. Okay. It keeps the heart pure and the eye clear. Praise is essential to the knowledge of God and his will. The strength of a life is the strength of its song. When the presence is heavy, that is the time to sing. Pressure is permitted to strengthen the attitude and the spirit of praise. 
It takes a man to sing in the dark when the storm and the battle are raging around us. And it is such singing, singing that makes the man. So in the midst of the battle, we're praising him. Wow, that's a sweet fragrance to our God. A sweet fragrance. And I brought my little prop here. This is why I brought it. So you remember that praise is our weapon. We can be praising for some reason, and we don't know why, and there's God to be doing something totally different somewhere else. There's a lady I read a book about. Uh, her name is Ruth Heflin. Uh, she was a woman of God. She spent, uh, she was hung out with kings and also sled in met, met mud huts, mud hut, huts, if I could say it. Um, she's been, in, she was in every country of the world at one point. Uh, her thing was about the glory of God. We need to experience His glory. And her saying was, if I don't, if I can remember it, we need to praise until the spirit of worship comes. And once the spirit of worship comes. Worship until the glory comes. And once the glory comes, stand there. Stand there in his glory. And she tells of a story when she went, went to Israel. Uh, her and husband had gone there, and God told her she was going to do something different, that they were going to minister and evangelize that place differently than any, any place, how she's ever done it before. And so they would get in their room, and they would seek God what they're supposed to do. They would have this big room, and... Uh, they would, God say, just praise me. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. We want to, I want to reach all these people, God. She says, just praise. I'm going to do something over there. And so she would. They would just sit and praise him for hours. Just praise him. And sure enough, they started to hear testimonies of the spirit of God falling across the city in this particular place where they were, they wanted to reach. Wow. They didn't have to go there. Right? (laughs) And God did it. So amazing. So amazing. So this is your weapon. If, you have, if you're fighting a battle, so kind of in conclusion, if you're fighting a battle, I, I, I just challenge you to use praise. Right? Make that be your first response. Because I don't think we understand. We don't understand what happens. We might have some scientific understanding, a little bit of sound waves and things like that, but we don't understand what God does, right? He's outside of that, isn't he? So, um, and we're, we're praising all the time. It doesn't matter. We're either praising our favorite politician, our favorite actor, our favorite sports teams, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> uh, we praise a lot of things. We praise all the time, don't we? And do I dare say we praise our victimhood sometimes, don't we? I'm so, we get into self-pity and I'm going to praise it. I'm going to nurture that and make it, make it happy. Right, we do that. I do that. I'm going to challenge you not to do that anymore. <laughs> when that, those thoughts come to you, I'm going to praise my God because he is great and his greatness is unsearchable. Is unsearchable. David said in Psalm 34, 1 through 3, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So I believe when we come up here on a Sunday morning and we worship, when we praise, we want all of you to praise because there's power in it. There is power in all of us praising God. I'm going to talk, everybody knows this. Uh, I'm a huge Nuggets fan. Everybody knows that. I, I think everybody in this room knows that. <laughs> Massive fan. Been since I was a little girl. So this year was a little exciting for me. <laughs> everybody knows that too. <laughs> I do have a t-shirt at home that says, God first, family second, Denver basketball third. Okay. <laughs> I do have that. <laughs> but I want to tell you, I got, I got the privilege, which most of you know too, is I got to go to game two of the finals. Thank you, my son. He's my favorite one. Um, <laughs> um, I got to go. And I have to tell you, I was wearing a boot at the time on my foot. Dave dropped me off at the front door so I could, didn't have to walk so far. And uh, you walked out. I don't know if you've ever been to Ball Arena, but there's a big concrete place there where everybody gathers and there's lots of things happening. You walk out in there. It was like energy in that place just outside was incredible everybody was excited anticipatory of what's going to happen right you get through the ticket counter right and you go through the ticket booth and do all your things get into that little lobby there and outside the arena it was palpable the energy there was you could feel it you could feel it you walked into the the actual arena wow off the charts Never have experienced anything like that before in my life. It was incredible. The energy, the, it was physical. You could feel it. It went through your body. It felt like your body was just like this. It was so exciting. But as I went to examine it, I realized we were all there for one purpose, were we not? We were there for one purpose, to see the Nuggets win. Right? We were all in unity. There was a few stragglers who were voting for the heat, but... We were louder than them. <laughs> we out-screamed them. <laughs> so um, it was amazing. And this was for a sports team. Wow. What should we do for our God, the God of the universe, who created us, who saved us, who gave us the sacrifice, so we don't have to offer sacrifices anymore, and that we can be in his presence he ripped that veil so we can actually be with him. Wow. If we came every Sunday morning with that anticipation, right, that God's going to speak to me today. God's going to do something great when I enter into praise with these other people who love you. Wow. Can we not? That's so awesome. So awesome. What freedom could we walk in? What chains would break? Wow. If we actually praised him together and we put our voices together. So there's seven types of praise. We're going to go over it really, really super quick. It's because we're going to praise now. <laughs> okay? We're going to actually do it. Um, so there's seven types. Yada means to lift your hands. If you choose to lift your hands, do it. There's freedom on the other side. Tahila, to sing. I want you to sing out. 
Barak to kneel or bow. If you'd like to kneel and bow, go right ahead. Halal, celebrate foolishly. This is what David did. He danced crazy before God. If you want to do that, I'm okay with it. I think Mark is too. <laughs> Todah, to thank God and agree with him. To thank God and agree with him. And he's faithful to us. Zamar, sing with instruments. We're going to do that. Shabak, to shout. If you'd like to shout, go right ahead. I know you. some people say I can't sing myself out of a paper bag if I had to. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I dare you. I dare you. Just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, dared me many, many years ago. I dare you to praise him. To go out of your comfort zone. To leave behind everything you think about yourself and what people think about you and worship your God. I dare you. So we're going to sing this song. If you want to go ahead and stand up, I'm going to give you a little of instruction because I don't think, I think the church doesn't go back to the basics sometimes and actually teach you. So we're going to actually, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching here quick. I want you, when we're singing this song, I actually want you to think about the words. I don't want you to think about lunch. I don't want you to think about anything else or what you're doing tomorrow or work. I don't want you to think about it. I want you to think about the words of this song because they're powerful. All my life you have been faithful. Is that true? Can you look back on your life and see where God has been faithful in your life? Yeah. All my life you have been so so good. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. So with every breath that I'm able, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. 